Sneezes get so aggressive. Holy shit. Yeah, they can. All right. Uh, yeah, switch out your crawl, though. Oh, yeah. Let's do that, and I'll do an intro while we're doing that, because I already started recording, so... We... Ah! We're doing night gallery, so let's do this. Um... Enclosed is a PDF attachment, a picture of yourself in a boat on a river. It's a river that flows in two directions. Make that three. It's a magic river, that's how. And it's flowing down the Erie Canal to the scary door. That's Erie with two E's. Ordering in Wonderland, the Twilight Zone review. If only I'd program the robot to be more careful what I wish for. Robot, experience this tragic irony for me. No! Oh, hello, citizens. Welcome to LAW. This was interview episode 348 for Night Gallery 106A. They're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. From what I hear, one of the best episodes of Night Gallery. I'm Phoenix West. We'll get into that. Dick, dick it! Welcome! And as Dick alluded to before we started recording, and I completely agree, this is probably our best batch of three episodes we could have picked. Because today, I really have zero complaints. Yeah. Uh, first episode, loved it. This one, loved it. Next episode, yeah. it's, it's, it's and enjoyable. Wasn't yeah, bad. yeah. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I, I, I feel weird because I usually have some good night, shit to say. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, okay. They're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. This has a seven point eight on IMDb. It shares an episode with the last Laurel, which I don't know what crippled Marius Davis uses astral projection to exact revenge on his su- wife Susan and her lover. Fantastic. This episode is directed by Don Taylor, who directed, um, well, he's an actor-director. He was in Stalag 17, and he directed Escape from Planet of the Apes. He directed the 77 version of Island of Dr. Moreau. He directed Damien Omen 2. Oh, wow. And then he turned into TV movies after that. And then he put himself in a TV movies. He died in 1998 at 78 years old. Um, you would recognize him, I will say that. He got out of the business right around the time of swing music returned. And you should recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! He looks just like the boss in this episode. It's very confusing. Is, it the bo- is he the boss in this episode? No. John Randolph? No. No. Oh. So John Randolph, the boss in this episode, um, I recognize from Seconds. He's the main character. Oh my God! Another reference to Seconds. Yeah, we got Jesus to. Christ. We got stuff. How is he the main character in Seconds? Because he, I'm pulling up Seconds right now. He's Arthur Hamilton. He's he's the main character in the beginning, and the whole p- uh, plot of Seconds is you get like a second life sort of thing where you get plastic surgery to look young again and then he turns okay. in the rock hudson oh yeah and then he died of AIDS. no he has sex with women in that movie oh oh yeah Fiction. wait sounded like i was saying whatever so yeah do you want to set this episode up at the, at the beginning it's really simple well, i feel it's just basically it's one of rod sterling's rob rob sterling's um it's. I feel like this is the capper of his trilogy. Like this is the last time he ever does a script about 
a businessman coming to the end of his term with his company, with, with career, with life. And like, cause he did this in, in, uh, the, the TV movie that we watched. What was it? The, the one about the office. It was a, it was a craft theater episode and there was a movie. Oh, what was it called? There's two we did. Oh, patterns. Patterns. I feel like patterns was part one. Um, the episode of Twilight Zone. I mean, any number of Twilight Zone There's episodes. There's three episodes out. I can think of right off the bat in the in the original series that are like this. Yes, yes. Because we got a uh, Walking Distance, which is the big one. Yes. Which we is got the big a one. Stop at Willoughby. Yes. And then also there's the episode uh, Walk or Cliffordville, which which, which is very similar. It's in season four, but that's an hour long episode, and it's a little bit different because the guy goes back in time. So I'll say just those two. Well, I would say well, also the actor episode, where the yes, actor yes. is on a, on a, is on the soundstage and he thinks it's it's his uh, real life, but a world of difference, world. I believe that's called. I th- yeah, we just watched it. I think not too long ago. Oh no, I just watched it. Yeah, we didn't do that. Night. We didn't do that. I, I watched it. it I believe that's called a world. Let me pull it up right now. You might be right. I can't remember, but it was the one where the, the guy was like, "Yes, uh, he's trying to escape his life because he's an actor and he's on the set of the movie, and he's like, no." That's not me. I'm Cliff. No, he's a businessman. Yeah. I'm a businessman. I'm going home right now to see my wife. Who are you? Get away from me. I, it's a sh- shrew wife that wants to divorce him. It's season the one, actor. episode 23. Yeah. I love that episode. Frank. It's a good episode. He's hit or miss on that. Well, it, it, it's it's um, in the vein of these episodes of the burnt yeah. out. The burnt out breakdown. Rod Taylor a lot of burnt out breakdown episodes of men who worked in like just in, in any kind of job that was demanding, he just could you know, you have that the break. Well, you had to notice, like when he had to be noticing that when he was working, is how quickly it was changing over from, we need to make this stuff to you're not doing your part, get the fuck out of it. Like it was switching quickly. Yes. Like to the pressure was like, capitalism. Capitalism was really taking over, and the bosses were like. Just firing people like nonstop. Well, it was the, the typical, you know, what have you done for me lately situation. Yeah. He even says that in this episode. Well, yeah, and then even Rod Serling at the same time is dealing with this with the executives at Universal who don't like what he's doing with the show. He's kind of like, I don't fucking care anymore. I don't want to do the show anymore. And he was fucking dead two years later anyway. I mean, you know, the guy, he dies at age 50 for Christ's sake. This show probably killed him, honestly. He died nine years after this, I believe. I don't really, I think it's shorter than that. It's a seventy-one. Didn't it's die in 71. I thought I thought he died seventy-five. Oh, you might have. Yeah, he did seventy-five. Yeah, I just saw. I just saw his death. I was yeah. like, Holy I keep shit. thinking eighty because I'm thinking like uh, um, uh, um, Hitchcock um, um, and. You're thinking nineteen eighty. Who died nineteen eighty was um, uh, the, Orson Welles and Hitchcock. Overrated actor Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. A bunch of people Steve died in nineteen eighty. 1980. So like they saw eight, and they're like, "Nope, nope, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> too much. Uh, no, no, I don't just care. no. I, I don't want any confirmation on Darth Vader being <laughs> Luke Skywalker's father. I'm out. I'm done. Don't give a shit. I don't care anymore. Nope. I don't want to accept it. He's an evil man, or He's maybe that's what Luke killed Shelker's him. Father. Maybe He's Empire's what killed him. I think it is. It could have been the same year. You know, the same. No! Thing. <laughs> no! 
They all cut off their hands before they died of heart attacks. It was weird. weird. And they all had Yoda puppets. That's so powers. strange. I don't understand it. They all had Annette Walkers up their ass. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so... That wasn't out until sorry, continue. Christmas time. Yeah. So, uh, they made all the toys like the year later because they had to make the toys for, for the next Christmas. That's how that worked. <clears throat> no, this is a typical, you know, the, the burnt out. But like I said, this feels like the end of the era. This feels like the, the last hurrah and Rod Sterling's quiver. And it's, it feels like that. It really does. It's this episode. It's about the pat- yes, yes, yes. So. It's this. It's just this episode. Yeah. Because in this, remember he, no, okay, so it's it's this one. Well, this one, this one's a dark, the World of Difference has a darker ending. This one has a happy ending. So I think this is like Rod Sterling's happy version of all those stories because not a lot of them have happy endings. They're the, usually like, they usually have their psychotic break and they're fucked forever. There's another episode that's just like a World of Difference that uh, has this exact plot. It's not this one. It's not World of Difference. It's. It's where the guy starts off and he's like rich and he's got a bitch wife and there's a pool guy outside that she's fucking and he goes back and he's he's an actor. That's what you're talking about. See, they're so similar that it's it's you can right, confuse yeah, them. Right. So that is oh god, that's got to be season one, right? No, that's season two because Frank and I talked about it. Mm. That is sorry. Continue talking. I'm. No, and and, and uh, who was his secretary in this episode? Because she's hot, and she's an actress. She's been in stuff. I was she's expected to be fr- one of Frankenheimer's ex-wives, but it wasn't. She was the she was the <laughs> senator in Science of the Lambs. That's who that is. That's the senator where Anthony Hopkins goes. Uh, yeah, did you breastfeed her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me, mom, when your daughter's on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore, and she's dead now too. I think she's dead. I think everybody in this episode is basically. I dead. would assume so. That's a good. It's wonderfully acted. The whole uh, what's his who's is that Kevin McCarthy? No, it's not. It's the guy that looks like Kevin McCarthy, the main actor in this episode. Oh, okay. Uh, William Wedden? No. Yeah. Yeah. William yeah. Wedden. So yeah, he's wonderful. He's really good in this episode. I'm still trying to find this episode. It's got to be season one, then. It probably is. Or is it season five? No, no. No, no, no. No, five it's early. Different. It's early. Um, I feel like season one was all the Office breakdown episodes. It feels like it. Okay, so none of these. But we have this guy. He's dealing with middle age. He's 48, mind you. He looks like he's 62, but whatever. Again, he says... people. People do not age well in this era. I have so much to say about the ages because he says he's 48. He's six years younger than his dad who died when he died. Yes, yes, And yes. he show his dad, and his dad could not be less 83. His dad is severely elderly. I'm going to show him son, in a second. Son, welcome home, son. Holy I'm shit. Six, I'm 52 years old, son. And his dad, and, we don't know when he, his dad died, so he's not 54 here. He's probably 40, so he's probably 48 here, 45. Right. This was after the war. Yes, his dad was probably he 30 back. here. So it's 1945. This is taking place in 71, I'm assuming, because it's going to be contemporary um, for that time period. And then um, you have him, he, he keeps, uh, he hears that the Riley place is going to get torn down. It's the bar that he took his wife to on a first date. 
It's a bar he used to go to as a young man. It's just a part of his his early life, and it's coming to an end. They're going to tear it down. And it's essentially about a man dealing with his past and his regrets, and he's going back and forth kind of through like this weird... Yeah, there you go. That's a 50-year-old man right there, apparently. <laughs> is I that the piano player? Or that's Riley? Is that the this piano? is Riley, the piano player. Yeah, probably that's right. And okay. that's a Biff Tanner over there, I think. This and, almost feels like the, the Dennis Hopper episode with the Nazis. And there's a phoenix here. Yeah, they all shit. The enemy has long ears. All oh, this World War II propaganda on the walls. <laughs> Love it. Funny. It's even got the redacted uh, letter behind it. That's funny. But I love, yeah, his dad is is got to be in his seven, like, late 60s. For he's a jolly good fellow. Okay, here's father. Frederick Downs. And 71 would have been, okay. 35 years old. I'm going to say he's 48. I'm going to guess he's 48 years old. I can't do anything on my computer. Oh, well, never mind. Hold on. Let me get mine out. Let's see what it does on my phone. Oh, you bastard. Oh, you bastard. 1916. So he would have been 55 here. Oh, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so he's technically a year older than he would have died. Yes. So holy shit, that guy's 55 in real life right there. Damn. I'm going to stop arguing ages about Night Gallery and TZ85, because it is not paying off. You're always off by 20 <clears throat> years. Well, it's not my fault. Look at the fucking guy. You're not wrong. And the wife, Diane Baker, that's it. She is the secretary who loves... Oh, she's still alive. She's not dead. She's still around. The last thing she was in was The Surrogate, which is 2013 TV movie. She was Heming. She was in Hemingway and Gellhorn, which was an HBO movie. That's probably the most. Four episodes of House. She played House's mother. Ah, oh, she's Mama House, huh? Yeah, apparently. Is she British? Oh wait, no, he's in, he's American in that show. Well, in the show, yeah, he talks like this in the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give you a surgery. I remember when I saw the Doctor Strange movie. I'm like, oh, I've already seen House. No, thank you. Like, oh, no, I'm good. She was in Murder at 1600 with Wesley Snipes. Oh. She's in The Cable Guy. She's she, Steven's oh, she, mother. Yeah, she plays Steven's mother with, um, what's his name? I don't know. Um, the dad is, are you on the pot? <laughs> what is his name? She's in a lot of stuff. Holy shit. She's, yeah, oh, quite a bit. That's where I know her from. Yeah. Because she goes, in... she goes, Nipple? <laughs> I do. I just watched that again. Remember? Yes, that's what you were talking about. That's why I brought it up. And he's like, I don't want to play this. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! She was one episode of Columbo. She was in basically every single major show yeah. in nineteen seventy. One of the the actor of their time or actor of their day, as Tom Elliott would no. say. But back in those days, you could do a fucking. Number one show on TV and make three hundred fifty thousand dollars for the week. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's all done now. Three hundred fifty dollars now. Three hundred fifty bucks, and you and you maybe get a copy of the DVD. And if you don't have any lines, you're not eating. Yeah, exactly. but you're gonna be there all fucking day though. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's a bunch of stuff, man. Wow, yeah, Hollywood, a ton of stuff. Yeah, I know we're from, uh, definitely from yeah. that. She had to have been married seventy-five times. She's been Hollywood. George Segal. That's that's who the. That's ah, who, okay. From Just Shoot Me. Yeah. I just thought of his name for some reason out of nowhere right there. So, they keep doing a thing of like you know you. He wants to fire him, his boss does, but it's his 25th anniversary this day, and he's out drinking. Everyone knows he's out drinking martinis. And they're like, He oh. is a fall he is a fall down drunk, so let's let's be honest. Yeah. He's just he's he's depressed. His wife's been dead for twenty years now, I'm assuming. Eighteen. Is, is it eighteen? Holy shit. He goes she goes, time. it's his twenty fifth anniversary. He goes, What? He's been his wife's been dead for eighteen years. She goes, with the company. Like you sack of shit. Wow. She says it right here. Uh, Where is he, Miss Orcutt? Well, he uh, mentioned several meetings outside. Uh, no doubt. All right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. 237. 25th anniversary. It's anniversary? The man's been a widower for 18 years. Jesus. 25 years with the company. <laughs> <laughs> what? I got him a fucking present or something? God damn it. I'm going to suck his dick and lick his balls clean. What do you want? Jesus Christ. Congratulations. Jesus. I wish my wife were dead. I feel like he was a better employee. He'd have more than 25 years by now. <laughs> you should have 50 what? in his belt. Like he, I do. <laughs> the man still Plastic. can't divide by zero. Come on. Plastics, what do you want? God damn it. Plastics. It's a push, push, push. Push, push, it's push, a, push world. Stop at Willoughby. Yeah, stop at Willoughby. Well, that was... That's the darker one where he essentially kills himself. Yes, but he does it under the illusion he's not killing himself. Yeah, so he's <laughs> a lot happier, but he's still dead. Which he seems fine with. He's I got a bitch he's wife. Fine with that. Yeah, he's got an awful <clears throat> wife. What is that fucking episode? I cannot figure it out. But what, what's nice about this one is that it has a happy ending. That's why I mean. I feel like this was Rod Serling putting that, putting the the, the cap on that storyline and being like, "I'm done." The, the, the guy finally gets his due. He had a rough time. He's got a lot of regrets, but he's got a new woman in his life that loves him. He's gonna, you know, leave that world behind and be happy eating her steak in her freezer. That's vagina. Frozen. That too. Her hot but hot snatch. Your hot your hot hot snatch. I have a hot snatch in the freezer waiting for you. And she's a fucking sweetheart, too, and she's loyal oh, to the yeah. end. Oh, it's just like, this fucking guy got to wake up! Well, the man's been a widower as long as she's been alive. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's weird. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, she really has a soft spot for this fucking sad Oh, she's got, a, she's got a warm and wet soft spot for this oh, guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she got the downstairs wet for him. I wanted her to say, look, I'm trying, I'm, I'm lowering the bar so low that you just have to step over to sleep with me. So... Just step over that line. Do it. Come on. I'm ready for you. For anybody oh, listening. I don't know. <laughs> for anybody listening got... that's you know going crazy because they can't think of the name of the episode, I found it. Oh, good. So it's called The Trouble of Templeton. It's season two, episode nine, which is why I couldn't find it. Isn't that a comedy episode? No, no. This is the plot of this because look at these pictures. I, I love this episode, The Trouble of Templeton. It's, it's got the exact same setup. Where there's an actor and his wife's cheating on only the you know that's different. But he goes and he like goes to this like speakeasy he went to back in his child. Only the difference is they're like 
he goes back and he sees them all partying there and they're total assholes to him. Mm. But then they leave the room or he leaves and he's like, fuck this. I'll go back to where I'm from. And they're like, oh, that sucked. We had to do that to him. And they're like, yeah, but he has to move on with his life. And they're like, they, they were regretting that they had to treat him like shit. Oh, but they did it on purpose so he would move on with his life. Oh, it's far nice. more interesting. Oh, that's really cool. That's a neat, yeah. that's a neat twist on that whole thing. It's like all his funds, 1927, you know. But it's like his girlfriend, and she's like purposely like, eh, dancing with every guy. And then they, he leaves the room, and they're just like, shit. I'm like, that sucked. You can see, like, they're not even real, and you're like, oh, they're they're hurt by what they had to do to this guy. That's crazy. Just yeah. because they have to, he has to face that and move on because he's just trapped in that They're trying to get him to move on, and that's... that's- See that's a twist. That's a neat yes, twist. It's a, and I've never seen that again. Like that could be a remake somewhere. So this is the episode I was saying I love and Frank okay. didn't care about. I get those two oh, confused because okay. they're very similar. They really are. Yeah, they are similar. This, well, this one he does get that happy ending without the the necessity of the ghosts telling him to jerk. Yeah, he gets his <laughs> gets his snatch in the end. He gets a happy oh, ending, so, all right. But then again, he's fired, though, so I don't know if he's working anymore. After no, that. they hire him back, clearly. They hire him? Oh, that's right, because he says 25 more years. Yeah. Which, why the fuck would you want that? He fucking, wait, he's 48, 58, 68. He'll be 72. Put a bullet in his head. So looks-wise, he'll be 173. No. Good God. Good, yeah, my God. Yeah, Arthur Hamilton from Seconds is like, here's to the last 25, and more importantly... The next 25. Ah, You'll be in your casket for most of that. And he runs out, jumps out the window. I'm going to find me some answers. I'm going to find one of those details. That's right. Details. No, but this is a good episode. It's very sweet. It's very much, very similar to all the other episodes of this nature. It's really sad, though, when he talks about his house. When he goes to the house, he goes, I used to live here, you know. My wife. She called me, and she was sick. She wasn't feeling well, but I worked late. I was on the road or something, and by the time I got back, I had heard she went to the hospital, and by the time I got there, it was too late. She was already gone. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was on the road selling plastics while my wife's dying. You're <laughs> dying. <laughs> he jumps out the window. <laughs> he comes back <laughs> in. Sorry about that. Anyway, oh, she yeah, was yeah. dying, and I was out selling plastics. <laughs> I, I, I do that. It's twice on She's like, how are you surviving? We're on the 97th floor. Twilight Zone, don't worry about it. Don't don't ask. No, it's fine. No, it it is a really good episode. I don't want to detract away from that by comparing it to Twilight Zone over and over and over. Because it is very, very similar to the Trouble Temple. Well, it's hard not to because it's the same writer. It's Rod Serling writing his wheelhouse because he wrote about this so much. He has so many different takes on this idea of the working man being burnt out by the modern society of business and all that. I would say it's his go-to. Yes. And you, and it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like he's just doing it to do it. Like, he wanted to keep, like, working on this. And, like, and he still really felt finished. that way ten years later, it feels like. Like, he never let that go. And that's kind of sad like, in itself. Yeah. But like I said, this one has a happy ending. It's kind of like, you know, he's like, finally, I can let this guy have his due, I guess. This character has been in his head forever. Well, doesn't it feel like when he goes to his actual He's a Jolly Good Fellow party? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like when they show the the slow motion, the the ball about to hit the building, doesn't it feel like when it hits it, it's going to crash to reality and he's in front of a car? Like, 
I, was, I almost thought that. I almost thought that was going to be the he was going to be underneath the, the wrecking <laughs> yeah. ball and fall on him. Oh, watch out! Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, it, it'll do that. But I think it's more or less he's accepting it, and it's just the slow motion acceptance of the of it going through the window and breaking, and that time is over, and he's he let it go. It's done. It and feels so like he's you know yeah, and it feels like he had to accept that before they tore down Tim Riley's bar, which yes. is why they keep cutting back and forth because he right, accepted yeah. it just before it and it hits it. Yeah, because when it hits it, it's over, and it's like he accepted yeah. it already. But it, they don't set up the fact that that matters. Right. It's just like, feels like an artistic choice. And how many bars and restaurants do you need on the street? Because I feel like there's like 25 of them. Because he goes right across the street to Antonio's. <laughs> yeah. Another bar and restaurant. The same fucking thing. But what happened to O'Reilly? Well, he moved next door to Antonio's. He owns that place now, too. Oh, he oh, O'Reilly? He sold O'Reilly's um, for $60 million to that, to that firm. He's living, he's living the dream right now. Yeah, he's fine. He's getting his dick he's sucked fine. by three he's lesbians, great. three Norwegian lesbians. It's awesome. <laughs> Hi. Hello, I'm Riley. Your dad might be in real heaven, but I'm in heaven over here too. Holy shit. Hi. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> he dies of a heart attack. <laughs> 25 more years. This is what I wanted. Take over dead. this thing back to Baltimore. He chose correct. Oh, 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 wait. <laughs> you die like that. You he smoosh won smoosh. life. He got the smoosh smoosh. Whatever. <laughs> you die smoosh smoosh. Snoosh new. Oh, okay. Snoosh new. <laughs> but yeah, good episode. I would say this one's a good solid eight. It's I always eight. It's always voted in like the top. No, I always see it like well, the top of the that. list, and I get it. Because it's not well after after all the night night galleries we've seen. Yeah, I can understand that. Oh, I'm confused. And it's not smaltzy. It earns its sort of it earns the the emotion that it that it creates. Because you know, like some of, some of these shows do smaltzy for smaltzy, but this one really earns it, and it really builds on it. And the ending is satisfying, and you know him just sort of accepting everything and finally realizing that. This twenty-two-year-old secretary wants to bone the fuck out of him, and he finally realizes that. It's good for him. I should have read the trivia beforehand because it says similar to the Twilight episode, the Turbo Templeton, where a Broadway star revisits his past and his old friends reject him like people did in Tim Riley's bar. Should have read okay. that first. Would have helped. All right, that's fine. But there's also like a uh, they're tearing down Tim Riley's bar. Originally aired on t- January twentieth, nineteen seventy-one. The last eight minutes were inadvertently blacked out in some major markets, and only the dialogue was heard over a please stand by graphic. Oh, Viewers' wow. uproar over missing the end of the episode caused some network affiliates to air the conclusion of the episode during the evening news the next night, January twenty-first. <laughs> wow! Can you imagine that? <laughs> we have to stop our news program to show you the last eight minutes of Night Gallery. Good night, everybody. Uh, the happy ending to their turn on Tim Riley's bar, where Randy Lane's loyal secretary convinces his boss to rehire him and, eventually, and even to throw him a party, was not the ending that Serling had written. In Uh-oh. Serling's original, Lane is not rehired, and realizing that the physical Tim Riley's bar, which is his only physical connection to the memories of the promise his life held at the end of the war, is being dismantled, Lane rushes to the site. When he, arrives, when he arrives, the bar is already gone. As he stands in the pouring rain, gazing at the empty store for, or, as the last few workmen flee the storm, the episode then fades out. The producers felt, 
found it too downbeat and ordered a rewrite with a happy ending instead. Jesus Christ, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. No wonder Rod Sterling was pissed off and didn't want to do anything after him. We keep rewriting my fucking sad endings, these cocksuckers. I need a cigarette. Yeah, I found one more thing interesting I'll read. Here it is. I like the central character Randy Lane, which is a terrible name. Sounds like a fucking hick. Both like writer, porno star. Both writer Ron Serling and actor William uh, William Wyndham were Army paratrooper vets of World War II. Oh, wow. Serling in the Pacific Theater, Wyndham in the European Theater. You see, I think that's the connection to why they aged so fast. They survived World War II. <laughs> Maybe that had something to do with it. I, I, I don't blame the guys for, for you know, aging quick when you're dealing with that shit. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. How spoiled are we? Yeah. What's I, your problem today? My lawnmower, you know, I wish I had a better one, but, you know. The cable was, like, kind of, like, eh, 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 for a few seconds, and I'm know, still dealing when with I, that. When I was eating my, my uh, meal that was warm and hot and tasty, I almost put too much salt on it, but it was okay. It wasn't bad. Almost a little too much salt. A guy on Twitter said them instead of him. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I just, I just—it's uh, throwing my whole day off. Honestly, I—I uh, I spent I all day writing to him in all caps. I can't deal with the fact that Elon Musk just bought Twitter. I can't deal with the fact that uh, free speech means I might see something I don't agree with, <laughs> and that scares me. And I'm gonna post on Facebook how I don't like it, despite the fact I'm also on Twitter. And the really only true form of objection or, or, you know, standing up to that is deleting my Twitter account. But I know I'm not going to do that. But I still want to post how Elon Musk is a Nazi. So here's where here's where I stand. Um, but then again, I like I, I need electric cars. I don't know what to do anymore. I, I hate people. I do, too. I hate people more than I've ever hated people this week. I know, right? This weird? week has been so fucking infuriating. No. Because I see so many people being like, he, he believes in the First Amendment, but here he is allowing these people, these hate speech groups to. I'm like, yes. That's how that works. That's how free speech works. <laughs> that you're you're proving the opposite of your point right now, you fucking idiot. Well, and if and you say anything, say, they'll tear you apart, and you're like. And, and if they they say a billionaire can't own can't own a media company. Uh, Jeff Bezos owns Washington Post. You guys don't say anything. Oh, 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 oh. I finally saw something today about that. Oh. Yeah, they're finally starting to, like, maybe research it. I don't know. <sighs> I, I, I... I'm going to O'Reilly's Bar. Let's go to Riley's. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to stay there. Don't make it more Irish than you have to by adding an O in front of it. <laughs> O'Reilly's. Oh, oh, O'Reilly's. Go to Bill Let's get drunk. I'm going to go to Bill O'Reilly's and get yelled at oh, by God. an old man who's mad about something. He's going to sexually assault all the women who come into the bar. <laughs> I'm O'Reilly. Fuck it. I'll fuck, fuck you live. It. I'll fuck you live with this couch. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm Bill O'Reilly. He is the worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Awful human being. Awful. Just terrible. Oh, man. Okay, one last thing about the free speech thing. Yes. I don't even have a point. I just want to talk about it a little further, honestly. Yes. Can you you imagine being pissed at a guy buying something to open free speech and then saying what he's opening that free speech for? 
Right. I don't understand. It melts Somebody's, my brain. I'm going to paraphrase one that I heard, which made me absolutely was amazing, the hypocrisy. It was, he's going to let people say what they want, but that's not the same thing as free speech. Like, what? No, you idiot. It's the point. And even, Twitter, even Elon said, look, you can call me whatever name you want. I'm not going to censor you. Yeah. He even said that. He goes, you can do whatever you want. I, I don't care. That's what platform's for. So have fun. I don't care. Do do your worst. I don't give a shit. Here's the thing. You Act you like you live fuck. in a country where you can do that shit. Yeah. In other countries, you can't do that because you go to prison. Yeah. If you make a joke on Facebook. Like, yeah, United Kingdom will put you in jail if you make a Muslim joke. It's fucking whack job. Well, that. here's how much I believe in free speech. I don't agree with a lot of shit you and Frank say on the show. Yeah. Like, sometimes you guys go off and I'm like, I don't agree with this. I just make jokes on the side. I don't have yeah. to agree. No. It's not up to me to, to censor you. Have I ever told you no. don't talk about this on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to tell you. Like, it's Well, half the time it's kind of just hyper. It's more for out of satire than Yes, but. But, yeah. When you guys go down the, you know, the, the F word boulevard. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm not on board with this, but they're having fun. I don't agree. No, yeah, I, don't, I don't mean to be, Yeah, I don't hate gays. Yes, not, and I know that. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. the point is, what am I going to sit here and like, no, you can't say that. Like, no, it's... Ooh! Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not offended by fucking anything. But I don't think... But I do think it's stupid as shit. Sorry, I wait for your headphones. It's... It's intellectually... I'll wait for you. It's intellectually exactly. dishonest to say you believe in free speech, but these yeah. people can't say this here because it's dangerous. Right. Yeah. What's the thing? And, and speech isn't dangerous. So, again, words can't hurt you. I mean, and it, here's the they thing. They inspire something, but again, that's still slippery slope. But imagine they're not words. Imagine they're actions. Imagine someone's beating someone and right, that's yeah. happening here. What do you do about that? You well, stand I mean, against yeah. it. You yeah. have to take a fucking stand, and your stand is not kill them or get rid of them completely or ignore them. Your stand is we have to show them that's not the world we want to live in. You have to actually right. fucking do something. Yeah. And they become so pacified and so so coddled that they just go, no, they're not allowed to say that at all. No, it's like, how about fine. you fucking man up and, and say that you don't want that is, is right. in, in your in your platform, in your Twitter. Yeah. Instead of okay. taking the call to arms, you're just folding immediately and saying you're not yeah. welcome here. Well, now they're saying, well, we're going to just go make our own then. So, good, good luck with that because no one's going to go. No one's going to go over there. Well, it's so pathetic. Yeah, when annoying. I see they're going to allow these white Nazis. To I'm like, yes. I hate to say it, but they're still there. Right. Yeah, they never went away. They never they went, went away. away. They're just, yeah. if you look at Facebook groups or YouTube pages, they're still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even if they weren't there. They still exist. You have to deal yeah. with them at some point. You have to man the fuck up. Yeah. Deal with something you don't agree with head on. Because right now you you, you put yourself in, in such a pussy corner that you don't have to deal with it. You don't know how to you don't want to know how to deal with it down the road when it really becomes a problem. Right. It's sad. It's like pathetic, honestly. College campuses are the fucking worst right now. Yeah, I know it's just bad. It's not it's just ugh. Like, I have no interest in talking or dating anyone in their 20s. Can you imagine? That would be a nightmare. Can you nightmare. fucking imagine? We couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Well, they wouldn't want it because they, they wouldn't want to have sex anyway. Well, they think that standing up for what's right is... 
or on their right, phones. Yeah, and then, yeah. oh my god, wait, hold on, I'm I'm busy. I'm fighting the Republic of yeah, China. Yeah, right I just now. showed you. It's like, okay, well, they're still over there marching. You know, they're KKK down the street. But you you sent out a mean tweet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Good job, guys. And like, well, that's the thing. It's like I always. I want to know what your platform is, free speech, because it lets you know who the nuts are. Yeah. It's like they don't hide it. It's like that's the point. It's like I want to know, like, if I'm driving somewhere and I see Confederate flags everywhere, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. Thank you. That's the sign. I don't want to be here. That's That was the first point I brought up when all this was going down, and I, I forgot yeah. about it by now because I'm getting sidetracked with all this stupid bullshit. Right. But yeah, I want to like, know this shit. Like, it lets you – when they think it's okay – that's the perfect time to go, oh, yeah. okay. In no fact, le- the, the, the left-wing Twitter really should be excited over this because people will not be hiding it now. Right. They, should, they can have thing. a field day canceling people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. And I hate oh, that, well. like, more politically, I'm more on their side, the left, left side, but holy shit, not on Twitter. I can't no. fucking stand them on Twitter. No, they're they're just they're, they're just it's it's an echo chamber and it's just about virtue signals, about how they feel. Yeah. I'm better than you because I believe in X, Y, and Z. And I'm not gonna do anything about here's it. Here's my but proof. I believe in it. But yeah. they think the sad thing is they think that the fact they sent that tweet is them doing something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the I'm I'm uh, this is me stepping into the front line of the war. Yeah. Like uh, no. That was you typing uh, eighteen and a half characters on your phone. And you spelt that word wrong. And you were taking a shit at a Denny's. Like, where the fuck are... Where, what's your danger? Oh, excuse, they're not at Denny's. They're at Spago's. They're at nice places. <laughs> that they ain't at Denny's, I can tell you that much. These no, there's... The elite, these, these people are, the are fucking people. everywhere. These are the elites. The elite people who are making, say, $150,000 a year being a media person and barely paying for rent in New York City. Or the or the bots that are just posting yeah, the, the same bots. things over and over. Yeah, that's what I love when people are like people on out, on Twitter and are outraged. We got two hundred thousand tweets. I'm like, you realize ninety five percent of them are fake. Yeah, at least. Well, they proved that because remember, like uh, you had a rapper or a couple of guys when they had like millions of followers, they'll they'll do a purge, and they realize that like the purge is a bots. And they lose like 150,000 yeah. subscribers. They're like, oh shit, that was stupid. Why did I do that? Now I got less, I got way less subscribers. What were they thinking? Yep. It's like, yeah, you don't realize that all these, it's all fake. It's like, nobody goes to Twitter. I, that's, that's nothing. I could say out of our 35, 3,700 on Twitter, I did the same thing because I, I yeah. downloaded an app that does like a, a background check on them and see if they're bots or not. And it was like, right. for just 3,700, it was. That was back back when I did it. We we're probably at like thirty two hundred, mm. and it was in the hundreds. I don't remember yeah. the exact number. I really don't. But it, so, I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm like, "Nope, cancel." I don't. I don't care. Yeah. They're not bothering me. Right. But they just—they're the people that sit there and they post the exact same words, and you can see yeah. them if you go to Twitter. You'll see the exact same yeah. words oh, on sure, yeah. six hundred profiles. And that's the outrage. And this is right. this is why I fucking hate Twitter and Frank doesn't agree. No. This is the problem with Twitter. This episode has been very sidetracked. I didn't expect that, but... It's, uh... uh 
That's on my mind. Tearing down Twitter. (laughs) They're tearing down the old Twitter place. Yeah, they're tearing down Twitter and rebuilding it with with Nazi forts and flags. (laughs) If hearing hearing someone else's opinion they don't agree with offends you, then you do not believe in the First Amendment. You don't. You really don't. That's the point. That's the whole fucking point of the First Amendment. That is the in, literally it. It's it's so fucking sad how how pussy these people are. Power to the people. People are people, so why should it be? You and me shouldn't get along. That's why you gotta watch um um the the fly me to the moon movie with Ryan Gosling about the go to the moon. Oh yeah. yeah. Fly whitey to the moon. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Children, children die in the street, but whitey got to go to the moon. <laughs> that part. And I was like, I never thought about that. That's a good point. In the 60s, this was all happening. It's like, wow, that's pretty, yeah, I never knew that part of history, really. They really explored that, that era. Hey, but then they have the other side of that movie with the, whether all the black ladies are working on behind the scenes of NASA. <laughs> yes. The hidden and, figures. And in real life, the hidden figure black ladies were whiter than me. Because <laughs> they were really light-skinned. And they cast uh, Tarashi, or they I think they cast who? Uh, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer was one of them. That's all was I know. Was P. Henson one of them? No. I don't know. I can't remember. I never saw the movie. I never saw it either. But again, it's like, oh, did you watch Red Letter Media? The Planketo board? Nope. They finally did Stone Cold with uh, Barry Boswick. It's the greatest bad oh. movie ever made. Oh my God! They love. I was so happy that they loved it. They loved it. It was amazing. They go, "This is, this is the greatest piece of art we've seen in a long time." <laughs> like this is a, this movie is amazing. <laughs> I only can watch them after we're done recording. When I'm posting everything is when I actually watch them. Because other than that, I have like zero free time. And they had they had Jack Quaid on from The Boys. They had a a celebrity guest. Oh, really? Yeah, they had Jack Quaid on there, which is pretty funny. And I guess he's doing a Christopher Nolan movie. That's his next thing, because he says literally on the show, I'm actually leaving right after this to go shoot that movie. And the joke, the running joke is uh, Mike um, uh, Jay and Rich all trying to give him scripts for Christopher Nolan. <laughs> but they're just all stupid. It's, well, it's a joke, you know. I had a dream <clears throat> on Friday night before we start recording on Saturday. Like, that morning I woke up and I was like, my last dream I had. I barely have dreams, but for some reason they're on nights before we record. <laughs> anyway, um, where I was at Meyer, which is like a Walmart in the Midwest. Right, yeah. No. And... Mike was working. It was his first day after training. And he said, sorry, I can't do that. I, I have to work. And then his boss goes, no, no, you could take the rest of the week off because you're not getting any hours this week because you have to work. You should have said you, you, you get to work. And so I kept going, you're a petty bitch. You're a pe-. I kept yelling at her, you're a petty bitch. And I go, and then I realized I want to do a joke here. And I go, hey. Hey, what's your name? And she goes, Samantha or something. I go, it's not petty. Because I was going to say, petty bitch. And she goes, no, no, you already said that. And I was like, oh. Like, I ruined my joke in my own dream. (laughs) Your your dreams are just (laughs) self-destructive. No. It's on every level. 
Jesus. Whatever it does, they the cock block me with a joke. That's but that hilarious. was my fucking real dream. Yeah. And then I just woke up after that. Who cares? But I was wow. Like, Why did That's I have funny. that dream? It's beyond me. <clears throat> Why was he honest. working at Meyer? I don't know. Midwest. Yeah. I guess Wisconsin thing. I guess. I don't know. Don't know. But it's funny. Yeah, I give this episode an eight. It's an eight. It's a solid eight. Yeah. yeah. Very enjoyable. Very sad, but poignant and nice. And now I'm kind of like, oh, maybe Rod didn't want this to be the capper of his of his uh, series because it didn't end horribly sad. No, he wanted it to. Remember, he wrote the sad yeah, he ending. Wanted to, they yeah, told he wanted him to no. They told him no. This yeah, is probably so why. This is probably the episode that was like, go fuck yourself. I'm done. NBC. I'm done. And that was the last. The last episode of the first season. Universal. So like, I think, yeah. He's just like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't Not want NBC, to but Universal. I got, more, I got two more seasons of this shit. Eat a bag of dicks. I'm going to smoke four packs more cigarettes a day just to die early. This is a, this is season one. The end of season one. Yeah. The, the last one. episode. So, yeah, that was the last episode he gave a shit. Yeah. I'd Which is why yeah. in season two and three is all monster stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say this episode is very, very good. Because there's no monsters. Right. Yeah. Although last week's episode had monsters, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, in a sense. They were like zombified things. Yeah. But I. Yeah. But they weren't like werewolves, like that fucking vampire werewolf episode we watched. And that was Fuck that werewolves. one. That fuck that one. Ghost, I still don't know what the fuck that Ghost was. werewolves. Dogs that are werewolves that are ghosts. Werewolves. Oh, my God. All right, until oh, well. next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Big ring it. So long, citizens. LIWstudios.com, our obligatory plug. First Amendment. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Unless you're a Mother- Nazi, in which case. Mother- motherfucking day, yeah. I can't just not listen to that. I have to not allow it to be heard by anyone. Well, just like what Ricky Gervais said, uh, I don't agree with you, but I'll fight for your right to say it. I disagree with you 100%, but I'll fight for your right to speak it. Yep. That's how you should feel. Yep. Same thing I feel about you not kneel, not standing during the national anthem. If you want to kneel, great. That's part of whatever, that. Whatever. Yeah, do whatever That is want. part of it. You have right. to accept that. If you don't, just, then you don't believe in it. Just don't. The one thing you don't do, though, is don't call the NFL the new slavery and the next year, beg for a job from the NFL. Because <laughs> that's what Kaepernick just did. Oh, okay. He had that Netflix special that basically said that NFL, like... He's not wrong. Is, is, oh, please. They're not slaves. They're going to pay millions of dollars. Shit. They, they no, they're they checking teeth and everything, like the old slave yeah. trade. But it's like, okay, whatever. You can have that opinion, but don't bash it. And the next year, can I please have a job, please? Can I please play football again? You just called us racist. He's allowed to be, com- you know, conflicted. He's an asshole. You're an asshole. He's an asshole because he's from my area. <laughs> he's from Turlock, and he's not even black. He's he's Arabic. <laughs> he's Arabic. Are you going to ask for Barack Obama's papers next? Well, no, look at him. He's Semitic. He's not black. He's like Middle Eastern. I was trying to end on a good note here, and you keep saying shit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> First Amendment, hurrah! Hurrah!